everybody welcome to the 355th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and then got my man sage before we started recording we were both complaining about feeling old i mean dustin says he would be in bed by 9 30 and i am just starting to feel back pain for like the well the second legitimate time in my life so i'm like this isn't the spot spry holy backboard uh, talking about the games when Lamarcus just left Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. This is this is the uh, older, better version of us. So uh, I'm very excited to to uh, talk to you about this. Yeah, there's it's, nothing uh, that will humble you more than trying to take care of a 10 month old. <laughs> I'm telling you straight up, like there is nothing more. Like you really have to be on your p's and q's every step of the way even when they're sleeping you got to make sure okay they got a breath way good you know they look is monitor charged okay you know are, are they getting enough solids like are are, do, are they pooped do we got to go for a walk got to start weaning them off formula and breast milk and it's just it's it's non-stop so it's uh a joy but nothing will kick your ass more than trying to also like doing it while working <laughs> yeah is uh in child care in this don't get me started on child care in this uh uh country so uh you know we are doing the best we can and is another reason why i am excited to stay up uh late with you to record this episode it's one of my favorite episodes of the the calendar year to record and it's also why me personally i enjoy sports do i i enjoy the competition i enjoy the camaraderie the history that comes with following, you know, a team your entire life or even just getting into it. But honestly, like as you grow older, you lose more and more of your innocence. And with everything <laughs> that's that's taking place, like it, it just gets uh, exponentially more like difficult to kind of just have a good mental health day. So it's really nice to just kind of zone out and, and worry about stupid shit. Right. Mm. Do, do we have too many guards? What are we going to, is Robert Williams injury prone? Like how, is Jeremy Grant a, a fit for this team or they, or should they move him as soon as he's eligible? What are they going to do with, with Scoot and Shaden at the two or the three? Like just thinking about that has really been beneficial for, for me. Um, you know, I was having a rough day uh, when I went for just told Olga's like, I need like 20 minutes, 25 minutes, went for a solo walk. It was sunny out. I just thought about sports the whole time, bro. <laughs> And uh, I know that's a privileged answer, but like it really is something that has gotten me through a lot of uh, tough times. And I am just stoked to talk about teams that we spent. I I spent time thinking about how I'm going to rank this monstrosity of a Western conference. I mean, just a meat grinder, one through 15. I mean, a lot of the teams are going to be contending and you don't have a lot of dogs this year. Um, it's going to be a fun Western conference, unlike the East, where I think that the two favorites are pretty, uh, easily, at least in, in the preseason have separated themselves, but the West man, the West is going to be fun. And I, I am really looking forward to, to breaking down how we envision the, 
the Western Conference landscape in 2023-2024? I, when I was doing it, I kind of break it into tiers. Like, tier one is the teams are actually competing in the playoffs. Tier two is playing and bottom six and playing. And then the rest is the guys that are the teams that are trying to uh, think about the future instead of competing for the now. And then there's plenty of teams that could just pull the switch and, you know, make the trade or trade away their good players. But to me, it's basically in three groups. You're actually good enough. You might be good enough. And you're definitely uh, experimenting to see what works. Before we get into our, our rankings, uh, there are some questions that I want to, to get your way uh, as we've learned through training camp and two preseason games. Um, obviously, Portland has quite a few veterans on this team. They've got Thibault, who wanted to go to Dallas, but Portland matched. They had Jeremy Grant. Um, it could be said that signs with Portland because they could give him the longest contract and the most money. You bring in Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon, who are used to competing for conference championships. And you have a really young Blazers team that, I mean, they've got three young forwards in Kumara, Murray, and Walker, who all need developmental time. Four, if you want to throw in Rupert. And they're just not going to see the light of day. Oh, Murray, too. I said Murray. I said Murray. Oh, you did? I said Murray. Uh, so they're not going to see see the light of day. So my, my question for you, let's look at the guards first. Can does Malcolm Brogdon have a role on this team? He's got two years left on his deal, about 20 plus million dollars. He's 30 years old. He is the sixth reigning sixth man of the year and uh, was really uh, a major factor in tonight's preseason game uh, in that first half against the Phoenix Suns. But you have to imagine that he would rather be playing for a contender rather than um, backing up a rookie point guard. So I, when, when, uh, Matisse was starting. I absolutely thought there's no way he gets minutes. But with the starting lineup tonight, I, I thought about it. Like, Scoot's probably going to play 32 to 36 minutes a night, right? Then you got Ant that's going to play his minutes at, at like at 32 as well. And Shaden Sharp's going to play his at 32. So there's six, 96 potential minutes that they can play. So 32, 32, 32, if you want to break it down like that for easy math, would be uh, 96. But uh, Shaden's going to play some of his minutes at the three. So there's like 10 to 12 minutes for Malcolm Brogdon. If things don't go screwy for him to, to play major minutes. Cause if, if, if Shaden was off the bench, all of his minutes are gone because you're giving all of the bench minutes to Shaden. But with this, he, he might get, he might get like te- eight to 10 minutes of run, which for him, he's a 30 year old vet. I think he's, he's the in the just... of year. You don't give him 10 minutes of run, yeah. man. He's like a 24 minute per game uh, player. I, what I think will happen is I think they're going to feature him. I think they're going to raise his value. I, mean, I remember this is a player that was traded by the Celtics to the Clippers in the original Porzingis trade, but the Clippers uh, rescinded the deal because of a failed physical from Malcolm Brogdon. So I think there are some health concerns probably around the league. Portland will do a good job. I think they'll give him time um, as probably the sixth or seventh man. And I think they're going to build his value and they'll probably send him to a contender. Yeah. At, later. The deadline. The deadline they'll, they'll, you know, procure another first round pick, add it to the war chest. And that's really what they should be doing. This team is very far away from contending. 
They shouldn't try to contend. They should develop. And you can't develop when you've got vets who are really working for their NBA contracts, working for their NBA lives. Like they're, they need to eat too. Mm. Uh, so, so is he going to be uh, Scoot's direct backup? I think so. And, and I think in an ideal world, you're going to see more, more on ball reps for Scoot. And what, what I saw that kind of worries me a little bit is how they're going to play Scoot and Anthony together. Um, listeners of the show know how I feel about Anthony Simons. I think he's prime for a six man uh, role where he can be that lead ball handler off the bench. But if you are dead set on starting him, he needs to play more like Clay Thompson than Damian Lillard. He needs to have less usage, but more catch and shoot attempts. Uh, there were two times and yes, it worked out. I I'm fully aware that it worked out, but they closed the quarter where Ant just, killed all of the air out of the clock in the opening preseason game against the New Zealand breakers at the end of the first quarter and just took contested step back threes on consecutive possessions where the other four blazers stood around. Yes, it worked out those two times, but that's not sustainable basketball. And I I know Anthony is, is really good with the ball in his hands with this particular roster. I think he needs to be a off ball player for the team to thrive because there aren't other playmakers on the court. Scoot would be fine off the ball for a few possessions if you had other playmakers out there who could dime him up. But just there aren't the uh, secondary uh, playmakers out there to make that a reality. So for right now, Scoot and Brogdon are your playmakers and you need Scoot to play on the ball. I I think if I think Portland really needs to choose one or the other between Anthony and Malcolm. Uh, you just have too many good young guards that even Malcolm, I know he's not young, but he's still a good guard. You, you just have too much of a good thing. I think they need to pare down at least one of them and and go go in that direction. Um, obviously, I think the future should be Scoot and Shaden at the one and two. And I, I know that leaves Anthony down the road. But I again, I think I think Joe Cronin is also aware of Anthony Simons' trade value because that was all of the the scuttlebutt online when they were trying to build around Dame was what could they get for three and Simons? And if there just weren't any takers and a lot of it probably had to do with teams not being as enamored with, you know, a six, four shooting guard that doesn't do much other than shoot the basketball. So Anthony probably but, has a way to go when it comes to uh, increasing his value across the league. But he is an elite shooter in the, in pull-up scenarios. So like the the number one thing that guards that are elite players do is pull up and shoot. He has that one thing. So I get that you want to be Clay Thompson, and I would like him to be cl- more uh, passive. But to take that arsenal away from him, his his dribble pull up game, it, it's tough because I think that it, that is where he really does shine the most is when he has the ball in his hands. He makes a move for himself and scores, but I I think that we have to have it like it, it's it, he's on a pitch count for the amount of times he does that. But I don't want to take that out of his game entirely. I also think Brogdon's getting old; he failed the physical. So when when Scoot's out and and Malcolm's in, I would totally be fine with Ant taking the ball up, passing it immediately, and then trying to run offense i just don't think malcolm brogdon with his level of, of, of athleticism 
and burst is ready to be that lead playmaker off the bench. So I think that there are ways that we need to utilize the, his pull up, but I think it needs to be scaled down pretty, pretty uh, a lot. It needs to be. I, I agree. I, I agree. Um, but to take I, it out I, of it, because Clay never had the the dribble moves that no has, but it works because that's in the flow of their offense. That's the style of play that that allows multiple people to eat. Right? If they're truly committed to Ant being part of a young core of Da Shaden Scoot and Ant, you have to move Malcolm to open up those minutes where Scoot and Shaden go to the bench. You bring in a Thibault, you bring in a Rupair or a Kumara who don't need the ball. Then Ant can go Ant, right? That That's fine. Bring in Robert Williams to rebound and, and catch lobs. Let Ant go Anferno when mouths on the floor don't need to be fed. That, that was a huge concern of mine after these trades was on paper, on 2K, yeah, you've got Scoot, Shaden, Ant, Jeremy, and DA. That's awesome basketball is not played on paper it's not played like 2k every every one of those five needs touches needs attention to stay engaged it's not just deandre that needs uh, uh touches to be engaged you look at shade and sharp out there like coming off the bench like they're just having him stand in the corner like that's not how he's one going to develop but that's not how he likes to play basketball we saw when he was the one or two option over the final 10 games of the season how he flourished if you're really willing to say this is a foundational piece of our core, those opportunities need to be made for him. And Portland needs to prioritize his development by putting him as the one or two option. I know you have Jeremy Grant. I know you have Amphrey. I know you have DA. But this is where this season is going to be fun. But I think it's going to be a little bit messy. And you, you mentioned it last episode. This is where both Joe and Chauncey make their money. Okay, I think you did the easy thing, honestly, and you moved to Dame and you, and you freed up all these expectations, expectations out the window. But now you really have to identify who's staying and who's just along for the ride, right? Who's 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 whose stop is coming up next if you're riding the bus or who's going to stay the entire route. And if you have identified the, the the players who are on the bus for the long haul, you need to prioritize their development how they're going to get touches, how you're going to engage them. Um, so that's going to be an interesting thing for me to listen to this season because DA is a great lob threat. He's you're going to any, any big man in history plays well when they get a little sugar early on. Um, I am afraid that Jeremy and Ant might go a little, uh, ISO heavy and try to get theirs. I mean, we saw Jeremy do that in Detroit, and now he's not on the playoff team again. So he may start going ham like that as well. So it'll just be interesting to see how this. It has all... to be a balance to it, though, because be you have you have to feed you the veterans that are. I, I truly don't believe that Malcolm Brogdon is a future player on this team. He's probably going to get traded in the deadline, but you can't make his his value low. So you can't just stick him. He has to play to earn his value. So I think that it has to be like, we give these guys that have value and could be traded later. That isn't they, I I don't think Matisse Thibel should be the starting small forward of a playoff team, but you have to give him minutes. So he's not such a negative value. I think Malcolm Brogdon, because of his injury issues, he's, he's, 
on the court, he's good, but injury issues, lack of athleticism. He has to, teams have to actually see that he still can do the stuff. So I, I think like in the beginning, we'll probably have to play these guys. And if they isolate, they isolate, but it's about giving these guys the, the platform to show that they can still play ball, but focus entirely on the young guys development. So it, it, I, I don't think Chauncey Billups is the man that has shown the creativity rotation-wise to really do what needs to be done. So again, like you said, this is kind of a show-what-you-can-do Chauncey type of year for him. But it's like a really perfect balance of, I can't totally forget about Malcolm Brogdon because I'm trying to develop Scoot Henderson. Or Ant is isolating a little too much, but we... we he needs to show off the fact that he can isolate and score. So I, I think that what you're thinking is long-term, like these guys have to be gone for us to focus on the guys that are there. But in the meantime, when we have guys that aren't on the timeline that just, that have value, you have to play them enough. So they, they, like, you know, let Denver sees, Oh, Malcolm Brogdon would be a great backup or, something like that. So it, it's, it's a very balanced thing. And I don't, I, you know, it's not going to be perfect because sports, there's rarely anything that's perfect. So it, it's just about Chauncey showing the fact that he can be versatile with his thought processes. But yeah, I, I, I think most of these issues will be gone after the deadline. I, I truly don't think Malcolm's going to be here. He wants to compete. I, and It'll, I, I agree. It'll be a different blazer look and feel as the season ages and progresses. I think they probably will stumble even more so out of the block, trying to figure all of this newness out. Uh, only four players from training camp uh, returned. You've got Shaden, Jabari, Anthony, and Jeremy. Um, so it's a lot of newness, and you're handing the reins to a, a 19 year old rookie point guard and uh it's going to be a lot of uh trials and tribulations it's going to be a lot of fun uh my other question for you unfortunately we haven't seen him play yet due to either soreness or injury or, or whatnot but sage what do you do with robert williams long term um again another player who's on a shorter contract um injuries have been a concern i was reading that he was diagnosed actually at texas a&m or even before that with some sort of leg issue um that always makes him a candidate for for injury, and it, it crept up on the Celtics last season. A dynamic player, great lob threat, great rim protector, but really well. If you're if you are putting so much of your future in DeAndre Ayton, one, do you need a backup of that caliber? Uh, since they they probably shouldn't play together. Uh, they, and two, they can't. And two, knowing that his knees may be on a ticking time clock, maybe like a Brandon Roy, just throwing that out there. I'm not saying that's the similar situation, but just, you know, roll with me here. If he if his knees are on a, a time time clock, do you again, another player, you build up his value and then sell high to a contender that's like, hey, you, you need somebody that can go up against Giannis, AD, Bam, Jokic we got one of the better guys in the league to do so. Because again, I think Portland is a ways away, a ways away from contending. And if you really are, um, and, and, D, and Williams is young, he's 25, 26 years old. But if you're that in on DA, I just don't know if you need a, a backup that good. Yeah. Um, 
Well, here's how I kind of think about it. Center is kind of like running back in the NFL, where if you have Christian McCaffrey, if you have Alvin Kamara, of course, I put him in elite running back tiers. But if you have an elite running back, that's awesome. And that's great. And I, I feel like DA has a chance to be elite. The other way that teams are handling running back is they aren't using elite capital for them. So if you don't have an elite center, having a cheap guy off the scrap heap is fine. I think Robert Williams is too good to be playing such limited minutes, and we have to find him a a partner relatively soon because of his injury issues. The fact that he is too good to be playing this little. So if it was me, I would... I would be trying to find Robert Williams a new home before the deadline, just because he's too good. And, you know, and like, I, I like time Lord too. I, I loved him in Boston and under other he circumstances, was, he was getting want, like, he was getting real minutes in Boston. He isn't no, going to get real minutes here. No, not with the commitment to Deandre Ayton. Yeah. So thing, he's just too good to be in this. position. He's overqualified for the position of backup five, direct backup five. Another stretchability. If he had any stretchability, we could talk. The fact is, he is a interior scoring center. Since we already have one, we can't play forty-eight minutes of interior center. So he's he's too good for the position. I think that. It would be cool. In theory, it would be cool to have him, but it just doesn't work with a salary cap with center being either high tier or no tier. So I I don't think that he is going to be a blazer for long term. So boost up the value kind of like, you know, he 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 could potentially be a a person in a three team deal that we sent that we send out and get good young assets for. So I, I mean, build his value up, but be careful because of all of the issues with his legs and his body. So it's kind of like, it's too, it's too much of a luxury when you already have an, a, a potential elite center. We're really, we're really hoping Deandre Ayton becomes a top five guy. So give him all of the leash, all of the responsibility, all of the, like the honor of being a starting center time Lord is, I I really don't think he has a long future here. Another consideration. You mentioned the salary cap and you, you've maxed out Jeremy Grant. You've maxed out DA Simons uh, is getting 25 million uh, a year. Thankfully, you know, Scoot and Shaden are on rookie scale deals. Chris Murray is as, as, as well, but Brogdon's deals up shortly. Time Lord's deals up shortly. Like it, in the, I, I know the salary cap's going up, but also this is where having young rookie scale contracts at in rotational spots matters because you can't go out there and, and pay twenty plus million for Time Lord and, and Malcolm Brogdon and everyone else still get get paid as well. Like it's just that's not how the the cap works. You, there's now the second you know apron, which further hampers uh certain rosters and you really only want to do that if you're certain you're one of the two or three best teams in the league so you've got to find cheaper solutions to be your backup point guard to be your backup center because those positions really shouldn't be getting a whole lot of run the the word backup is in there for a reason and it's nice to have a luxury backup at one position but as you mentioned i don't think i would choose center to be that luxury position and 
I, yeah, like Malcolm Brogdon and Time Lord are too good to be playing 12 minutes a game. Like, how many minutes do you think DA plays in a game where he doesn't get into foul trouble or doesn't get hurt? Like a normal, regular, regular season game. 35 to 38. That's a lot of minutes. But like at He's least... 25 th- years old. Yeah, He's at least 32. Ball. So at least... All right, let, let's just say 34 minutes. That's not that much time for Time Lord to get run. So... It's about like, a quarter of action. Yeah, like... I would much rather have somebody off the scrap heap like JaVale McGee be our backup center versus Time Lord just because Time Lord's too good. And we can afford him now because of the our two potential stars being such an undervalued commodity. But once that happens, like we're, we're going to be talking about the JaVale McGee of 2027. Like, so, so yeah, I, I, I just don't think that those guys will be long for the Blazers because of they're just too good. And we're not in a position to like, we're not an Aaron Aflalo trade away from being a contender. We're many, many, many pieces away from it. We, we have three pillars, but we don't really have anything else. And those pillars, I mean, it was 10 plus games of Shaden Sharp actually being like an elite player. Scoot Henderson hasn't played a single NBA minute yet. So we have to we have a long way of development and playing of games before we think about how Malcolm Brogdon can help us in the in the current. Malcolm Brogdon should be helping the Clippers or the Nuggets or you know a competitive team win a chip rather than you know helping Scoot Henderson see that it, instead of a man it's a 2-3 zone type of thing. So I like he's just too good for the position. All right, a couple of dribble pass shoots, and then we're going to get into our Western Conference rankings. Scoot Henderson, rookie of the year, dribble pass or shoot? So he would obviously be sec- like Vegas would have him second, right? I'm just, what do you dribble pass shoot? Yeah, you better shoot that thing because they traded Damian Lillard to give this kid the reins, and through two preseason games, he's already our best player. Like, I mean, there's it's pretty he had, a, he had a pretty shitty game tonight by his standards, and he still put up like 25 and 5. He had the six to one turnover assist turnover ratio against the breakers. Like, I think he's only going to get better. I and the thing that I love the most about Scoot, he has the leadership and charismatic factor. Somebody mentioned that it reminds them of a young Magic Johnson just coming into the league with that smile. Like he's out at FanFest, you know, singing uh, Family Affair by Mary J. Blige, fully getting into it. Like he is comfortable. In the spotlight, yes, there are going to be some bumps and bruises on the road, but there's a reason this guy is considered a generational point guard prospect. And I think the Spurs are going to take it a little bit easier with Wemby. I'm still not 100% convinced on Chet Holmgren's health long term. I also think Scoot's better than Chet. Scoot's my guy. I'm shooting that. I think he's going to win the rookie of the year. It's going to follow so, in the footsteps of Damon B. Roy. I, 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 if I was putting money on rookie of the year, I would first go to Victor Vembanyama, then I would go second to Scoot. If I would die, but if you did bet Scoot right now, you would make a pretty good chunk of change with it. But I think that the most hype prospect in a in a generation is probably going to get a bunch of votes for rookie of the year. So is Greg Popovich going to give him enough shot to do it? You got to play. You gotta play. I think he'll play. I, I think he'll have to play. So I I, I think it I, I 
I would say that there's a very good chance that Scoot has better statistical numbers than Victor, but Victor still gets rookie of the year. So I would dribble it, but I I would put I would put a few dollars on Scoot Henderson getting rookie of the year. Dribble pass shoot Tumani Kumara is actually the gem of the three team trade. Uh I, I think that you're a little too uh uh, I didn't say what I was going to do. People are people are. No, I don't know yet. He hasn't played a f- real NBA minute yet, so I don't think. Dribble it. I don't. I can't say no. But the game that I watched was on somebody's phone on YouTube. So like, <laughs> it's not like like dog. I don't know who. It might have been Kamari that made the bucket, but it could have been someone totally different. It's not like I had the. It was good enough for me to see who was doing the things. So. Dribble it. I have no idea. I gotta see. I gotta see a real regular season game where it's not absolute. Uh, you know, looks. It looks like I was watching like a '90s Blazers game in terms of uh, in terms of clarity. So I'm gonna dribble that. I, I. I. Still better than Root Sports. Damn, Root Sports is a complete and total joke. So I. I mean, like the fact that people have to think about getting a VPN to watch. Uh, your local television is fucking my parents bananas. my parents can't watch them anymore i can't watch them anymore i am not paying or actually my parents are not going to pay 35 extra dollars a month to to watch i mean that's on top of internet and cable so you're paying about 2 230 250 a month it's absolute bullshit that i could live out out of market and pay $90 league pass mm-hmm. just for one team. $90. No, it's the full seat. You play 90 for the full year. Yeah, 90 for, for one team. But you watch, no, no, no. It's all 30 teams. Whatever. 90, 100 bucks. Either way. Yeah. Fubo right now looks to be the cheapest option. That's like 75 plus fees. Season six or seven months. You're looking over like $600. Like it's like six times more expensive to be a yeah. fan in market than out of market. Like, and what? realm does that make any financial logical any type of sense like i i cannot wait for these regional sports networks to just die and the suns and jazz have it figured out yep you know i was totally happy paying evoca tv 30 bucks a month and just getting root sports like i would pay 30 bucks i'd pay 30 bucks a month and you know what's really cool about evoca tv it it went away but because they still set us up with the uh antenna I still get all over the air channels, like all of the one through 12. So I can watch NFL. I can watch a lot of the college games just for for free. And that's, that's how you build a fan base from, from, from birth, like Mm -hmm. being able to watch. I I hope the, the, the G league team, the uh, remix has a better TV. I hope the future WNBA team that comes to Portland has a better fantastic because there's no blackouts yeah $25 a month and watch or $25 a season and watch Mm -hmm. every game every team the and the 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 blazers thing is just an absolute travesty and i mean it kind of it's kind of like a throwback to me when i was a a, like 19 year old watching the hornets play on my illegal streams and shit like Oh, I'm just throwing it back to when I was 19 watching Ryan Anderson getting really excited because like I'm not I'm not paying that damn. I'm not paying for any other streaming services or putting a VPN on my Internet since I'm such a heavy user of Internet. I can't really slow my shit down. So, yeah, like 
Root Sport sucks. The Blazers suck for choosing Root. Root Sport sucks. Xfinity sucks. It, it all it all is trash, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like there, there's a reason Hulu and YouTube TV don't want Root Sports. Nobody wants to pay for a regional sports network that has shitty content outside of the games. And half the time you can't even find the game because they're putting on another 1995 Mariners rerun or crack in open practice. Um, Just a really short-sighted decision by the Trailblazers to go with Root. Um, Horrible, horrible, horrible. I hope they figure a way to get out of it. They should. They have enough goddamn money to do it. They're owned by a billionaire's estate. Mm-hmm. Like make make it happen. The NBA needs to to figure this out because that's one another reason why the NFL is just kind of running away with the the sports crown again is because their games are on local public television. Like you can watch every Seahawks game that you want here on Channel Twelve. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're on Channel Six. It I all you gotta do is get some get some get a rabbit ears or an antenna. It's fine if you want to pay the extra to watch them one time on Amazon Prime Thursday night. You can you can do that. Or Monday Night Football, like you, you, you really only have to make uh, one or two times a year an effort to, to find the game. For the Blazers, it's an every night occurrence, especially since they're not on national TV hardly at all. Once, yeah. So and, and they have red zone too, so you get to see all the exciting parts. Like the NBA, the Blazers are just fucking up with with how they're broadcasting because, like, this is the first time in a while that I've felt the the need and the want and desire to watch NFL games. And it's easy. All I have to do is go on YouTube TV. You know, if I want to watch the saints lose and Derek Carr look shitty, it's easy. Even if like, yeah, if it, if I was in new Orleans doing it, it's even easier. Yep. MLS is on Apple TV. Easy. NFL's on Sunday ticket. Or if you live in market, it's free. The only two sports, I mean, the two sports that are lagging behind right now are the Major League Baseball and the National Basketball Association. They, they make it so difficult for their fans to watch. And that's all we want to do is we want to watch. And um, that is a huge bummer. But, you know, that is where we are. We are at. Um, let's get into these these rankings, Sage. Um, as always, we'll go 15 to 1. Um, I'll let you lead. Who do you have uh, as the bottom dweller of the Western Conference this year? I have the Utah Jazz. And the reason I have the Jazz as the worst is because I feel pretty damn good about Scoot being better than than Clarkson. I feel like their offense is going to take a pretty big step back. And there's always the chance that Lowry Marketing has a little bit of regression. I just, I'm not really impressed with their draft in terms of getting a guy that can set these players up. Yes. Their bigs are good, but John Collins could be gone at relatively soon. Once they get their, uh, get his value up. So I was just really unimpressed with the guards and you know, guards guard play is where games are won and lost. So Jordan Clarkson and, and the bold Colin Sexton really just don't get me ready to uh, think the jazz are going anywhere positive so they are my 15th and vegas has the spurs as their 15th with uh i have uh actually the houston rockets as as my 15th team and i know they brought in ime udoka who led the celtics to the finals his first season i know they spent big money on jock landell fred van vliet dylan brooks 
they have a plethora of young talent, whether it's uh, Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jabari Smith Jr., Jalen Green. That franchise is just a, we got a disaster. Tari Eason, too. Yeah, I like Tari. But that franchise is a, is a absolute dumpster fire. You have ownership that's trying to win just you know two years removed from trading away James Harden. They're in no position to win. They spent big money on, I think, players who aren't who I would want to have around be bumped for your superstars. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm Houston, I'm saying, Amen, you need all the reps. You're starting day one. Um, Dylan Brooks was a horrible signing. He got ejected in the first five minutes of his first preseason game. That dude's going to think he's going to shoot the ball every time he gets down the floor because he thinks Dylan Brooks is, is, is him. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I think that they probably have way too many mouths to feed. I think you're going to get upset players. Jabari's not going to get the ball as much. Um, who is, I forgot there. Sangoon is a really good player who needs a lot of reps as well. Especially since he's so familiar with the ball in his hands, too. You're just you. The reason I have them higher than 15 was just because I think Fred Van Elite is better than the what the uh, Jazz have. So I gave him respect on that. The reason I have them 15 is I think their chemistry is going to be absolute dog shit. Do you think think that that the best guard tandem would be Fred Van Elite and uh, Amen running the one and two? Yeah, I mean, any any Jalen Green's another me first player. They they just have. Yeah. I, I I think you have to think that Amen is your future, but in in the in the meantime, he's tall enough to play and defend most twos at a really high level. So Fred Van Elite can eat. I mean, they also brought in Reggie Bullock, who's going to take some minutes. They brought in Jeff Green. You know, Uncle Jeff Green's going to get PT. Aaron Holiday, like. I don't know why they're trying to stunt all of these uh, young players' development, but better them than us. Who do you have at 14, Sage? I have the Houston Rockets at 14. It, I mean, my my salute to Fred Van Elite is one, one uh, spot up. <laughs> So it, I guess it really wasn't Some that respect. much. That, that, I guess it wasn't that much of a respect. But I, I think that they have the potential to to um, be fun. But I think that they have a vet to just be a speed bump to all the exciting players. Like, they just had too many picks. Like, they drafted Tari Eason two years ago. And now they got Cam Whitmore. Like, and, and they're fighting Jalen Smith for a minute. So it's it's... It's a collection of too many pretty good players, and I think that it's going to just rub people the wrong way, but I think they'll be fun, and they'll be better than the Utah Jazz. At 14, I have the San Antonio Spurs. Um, obviously, they brought in uh, Wimbanyama, and uh, they also sneakily added uh, Jetty Osman. But I, I think this is a team that is going to load manage without specifically load managing the like the Spurs do. They they don't really have a true floor general. I do worry about their lack of veterans on this team. Um, I know Keldon Johnson has been in, in the league for a few years, but he's still a young player on a rookie scale deal. He's maybe as old he just, as Nasir. Yeah, maybe he's on the first year of his new contract. I know Devin Vassell just got inked up. As well, they they've got good pieces, Who's but I don't. Uh, it's the other Jones brother. It's a uh, okay. Trey Jones. Um, 
they just have a lot of young players and they don't have, I, I, I wish they would have gotten more veteran, like a Ricky Rubio type of a veteran um, to, to set the table for Wembyama. I don't think they're going to, uh, I don't think they're going to overexert Wemby this year. Let, let's just, I think they're going to pace him, bring him along slowly and they're going to do what the Spurs do. They're going to stealth tank and they're probably going to try and add another top pick in, in the draft. And so I, I expect them to be, um, fighting for the bottom of, of the West, despite their bright future. Mm-hmm. 13, who you got? At the Spurs. So, um, you know how I feel about Devin Vassell, but it's just they just don't have the guards that we do. And Wemby can do so much offensively, defensively. He's amazing. But who's going to get him the ball? Kelvin's going to go for his. Devin Vassell's not there yet with any bit of playmaking for others. I think that I trust him to do something with the ball in his hands for himself. I've seen him do a bunch of uh, Penny Hardaway dribble moves this this last year, but they just can't get Wimby the ball as efficiently as I think Scoot can get himself the ball and score for himself and others. So I have the Spurs uh, at 13. Because big reliance on Zach Collins as well. Um, 13, I have the Utah Jazz. Um, so in one way or the other, <laughs> we're just we, we're just different orders of the same we shape. Have those teams. Um added John Collins, the rookie class, Sensabaugh, Keontae George, Taylor Hendricks. Um, there was a noticeable drop-off after they traded Mike Conley and Jared Vanderbilt. Um they were in line for a playoff spot and they kind of just kicked the can the other way. I think they won too many games early. Um, I, I definitely agree with you. I think there could be a, a potential drop off for Lowry marketing. I, I do wonder how they're going to run those forwards and Walker Kessler, right? That's a, that's a tough spacing, putting John Collins at the four or the three or marketing either way. Didn't Lowry um, play it with the Cavaliers when they had the super yeah, that, that didn't really work out as well because his 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 benefit is he's a stretch big, but it's much and more... Evan Mobley's still much better than Hendricks defensively. You yeah, can't Hendricks do that is gonna take, without take Evan Mobley being being great. Yeah, I mean as and long Jared as they keep, as long as they keep like the reason I have them higher than the other two is like I know they're not great, but Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson to me are just a little bit better, and they're 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 battle tested and. I think they're obviously going to play for something. I think I, I trust Will Hardy um, a lot. Uh, I think they feel like they're on the right path, and it'll be interesting to see how how they they, they figure things out um, in in Utah. Uh, Twelve. Who do you have? Portland Trailblazers. Is that? Hey, that's 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 who I have too. We yeah. finally got it. Portland Trailblazers. Well, yeah, we were we were just. We were just very close on every single one. This is the bottom tier of the of when I was talking tiers. This is the end of the bottom tier. Um, I would agree I just, with that. It's we have the potential to be pretty fun and all right, but they could easily trade all of these players that are playing all right for draft picks. So Lasers right now are at the top of the junk heap of bad. But we could really be bad if we make some some uh, tanking 
trades in the you want to know what's what's funny is i i kind of think the opposite i think they're going to be a better team once they start to clear out some of those those other players oh yeah all the all the addition by you actually say okay we've got a five-man roster i mean or five-man lineup it might not be as talented as opening night but chris murray's not going to ask for 20 shots a night right you know uh shaden sharp is going to be featured scoot's really going to feel like the man you can actually give ayton his 20 shots night like you can actually say we are going to go for quality over quantity in terms of shot distribution and our role players are going to know what what to do so i think i think early on there's a lot of newness there's a lot of excitement um but i think it could be a little bit of a your turn my turn situation as guys don't try to step on their toes i don't know you know scoot will eventually be the leader he may be already but like there's no veteran, I think, like, this is my team, like, it's been when when Dame was there. And I think there was that huge void after Brandon retired. Like, LaMarcus was really never that guy. It took until Dame's second or third year for him to be like, this is my team. So that's another interesting development, because I don't think Anthony has that type of leadership no. ability. DA doesn't. Jeremy, no way. Um, it, it it's scoot it'll take some time but also he's 19 that's asking a lot and it, it will will the vets listen to him so i am stoked for the season uh really am but I, I do think like lower the expectations the games are not played on paper the 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 unit as it's currently constructed um just doesn't really flow with one another there's just a lot of similar uh archetype players out there you need you need some Buck Williams, some Brian Grants, uh, Nick Batum's, you know, pass, defend, rebound. Not a lot of that on the roster. So once they start to make way for those players, I, I think it's going to be probably a lot of nights like we saw tonight where it's going to be really fun. Then second quarter kicks in and that other team just knows what they're still trying to figure it out. Uh, 11, I think this is where it gets spicy for me. What about you, Sage? I've so the only two teams we really talked about in this were Memphis and uh uh a little bit of New Orleans. So this is I think this is spicy zone for sure. I have Memphis at 11 because of uh, of John Morant's suspension and I think that all of the teams are so good. So the 25 games without Jaw is going to be a humongous factor in them being the team that doesn't make the plan because th- they they're losing out on bench support. I know Derek Rose is there. I know Marcus smart, but when John Moran's not there, that's a humongous drop off. You're moving Desmond Bain into being a secondary, maybe even religious playmaker when he's on the floor. It means Jaron Jackson's taking more shots. I think everybody's moving up position and i don't think that it's going to be good because the west is so deep and so talented once they get back i I think it's going to be a really uphill climb and i don't know if they have what it takes in a very very competitive western conference so i have them at 11 but if if the the suspension was not didn't exist they'd be a lot higher but the fact is job won't be there for a quarter of the season essentially so that's going to be a humongous issue and then once job comes back there's going to be a few games where they just lose because they don't know the order of operations for their team so i think the initial you know early part of the season is going to be the thing that just screws them over in the uh long term 
at 11, I have the Dallas Mavericks, same spot they finished last year. Um, any team with Kyrie Irving, I think, is going to be chaotic, and you're not going to have any, I think, consistency on, like, you going to get good Kyrie, or, or are you going to get, you know, off-night Kyrie? Like, is he going to gonna show up? Is he going to want, like, and then you've got Luka, who is as great as he is, very ball-dominant, and he's a specific type of player that you have to build around. And I just, I just don't think they have have done that. Um, I think they're going to miss uh, Reggie Bullock. I think they're going to miss JaVale McGee. Uh, I know there were some rumblings around Christian Wood and you know reasons why he didn't really have a great free agent market out there, eventually ending up with the Lakers. So I'm sure a lot of Dallas personnel out there will say addition by subtraction. I also listen to the Hoop Collective podcast quite a bit, and one of the three is uh, Tim McMahon, who covers the Mavericks, and he's been alluding to a lot of weirdness going on inside that organization. Longtime PR uh, guy leaving, longtime trainer, you know, not being able to go on the team with the road, just some weird vibes in Big D. They're starting uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper, rookie out of Marquette. They're starting Derek Lively, rookie out of Duke at center. Um, is that their power forward center combination? Yes. Jesus. That's who they are starting. Hopefully that's just the only three starters have that Jason Kidd said are Grant Williams, Kyrie Irving, and uh Luka Doncic. Um they did bring back Seth Curry and they is got Maxi healthy. Who? Maxi Kleba. I think so. I think he should start in one of the rookies because that's not what they're doing though. And they don't have a reliable big man, uh, rookie big man. Or he's lively. He's going to foul and foul a lot. Um, I, and he I just didn't show that he was legitimately good. It too. <laughs> I don't. You know, you have to play some form of defense. This team really struggled down the stretch. I mean, there's a reason they literally didn't want to make the playoffs. It's because they wanted their pick and they didn't want to be embarrassed. I, I Jason Kidd's a horrible coach. I think the. The next superstar to get the media attention after Dame and James Harden, it's it's going to be you know toss up between Luka Doncic and Joel Embiid. Uh, so it's it's coming. Uh, I pray for those fan bases because it is not a fun storm to be in. But I think Dallas misses the playoffs again. It's a horrible pairing between the two um, two guards. They play no defense. They've got no interior um, scoring at all. Um, very low on the Mavericks. Who do you have at ten? I have the New Orleans Pelicans. Trey Murphy being hurt. I feel like they they fluctuate more more than any other team in the Western Conference. I I feel like Trey Murphy was going to start over Herb. Oh, yeah. Murphy was a borderline, like, sneaky all-star candidate. Yeah, he was was a star. So him being hurt really, really hurts the team. You know you can't count on Zion for anything. If he played 82... The Pelicans would be comfortably in the playoffs. You don't know what that what's happening with that. If you had a healthy Zion, I think there's a legit argument they're the best team in the Western Conference. Yeah. He's that he's that dominant. And then you like the center positions worry me. I don't think Jonas is good enough to be a playoff quality center. He's gonna put up huge numbers in the regular season. And then Larry Nance is gonna start for them in the most clutchest minutes that they have. CJ's getting older. You know Willie Green wants to play basketball like the FIBA team did. Did you notice who struggled the absolute most in that FIBA season? Brandon Ingram did. And that's the exact scheme that he wants to play. Like, th- that's Willie Green's shit is penetrate kick type of offense. 
Brandon Ingram needs the ball in his hands to do whatever the hell he wants with the mid range and dunking. So it, it seems like a very bad scheme fit for CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson. But if Zion, if you can guarantee me 70 plus games of Zion Williamson, everything I said is just off the wall because we have probably, they have the most, one of the most dominant players in the NBA. But again, I don't want to bet. I don't want to bet my house on the fact that they're going to play 82 games of healthy basketball because CJ has never been a pillar of health as well. And be same oh, with CJ has been. CJ has been healthy, not in New Orleans. No, but in Portland. Uh, at 10, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, talk about another organization that's a bit of a cluster. Uh, you, you just go back to last year, Rudy Gobert. I think punched a teammate. Uh, Jaden McDaniels punches the, the wall on the way out. Neither place in the play-in. Cat um, missed a ton of time. Still putting him at the four seems... Um, Stupid. He doesn't move well. Problematic as all hell. Uh, it seems he, like that that trade was made in NBA 2K. Not in reality where, like, in theory, I could convince you and myself that Carl Anthony Towns is a four. But not, see, I was never Rudy. So Rudy Gobert is never, he's the most the heralded, unheralded player in, in history. Like he wins all these awards. You want to talk about not playing in the playoffs, like a Jones Valen shoes. You can't play Rudy Gobert yeah, in the playoffs. Totally. But I think that they thought that Cat could become a four. And movement in with bigs is so important. And I think Carl Anthony Towns moves like a, like a really imbalanced child on the basketball court. He has like, a pronounced hitch in his game and i think that the, that's the reason why that will never work like offensively in 2k when carl anthony towns's movement abilities is magically fixed because they're not gonna program you know I jabari's think, uh, yeah the hitch the hitch so yeah that like if if it's nba 2k sure minnesota looks great but in reality with everybody's ability to move and play offense and defense together i just don't like Dog, Jeremy Grant's gonna go if, if they run that lineup. Jeremy Grant's getting fifty, yeah. and I don't particularly think Jimmy Jeremy Grant's that nice as an offensive player. It's just that they're at a severe. They're either at the ultimate advantage or the ultimate disadvantage every time they play, and it's a humongous play, game of randomness to see what happens. Yeah, I like Anthony Edwards. I'm not convinced he's gonna take the Shea Gilders Alexander jump this year. Mike Conley, he's got to have to run out of gas sooner or later. Um, Do you think, yeah. Rudy, I know we're playing the, and is there any way that Rudy Gobert was supposed to help Ant become a superstar? It, like, I don't know the thought process behind the trade. If, if I was ownership, I would have vetoed that trade and maybe fired the dude for even thinking of making that deal. Like, Because Anthony Edwards, when you watched him dominate in FIFA basketball, it was driving to the pen, driving penetration and making a decision. You can't really do that when you got a guy that absolutely is not a threat outside of four feet. You just can't do that. So it's like it's it's a bad it's bad on bad on bad. Who do you have at nine? Uh, the team that we just complained about for <laughs> the last the last Minnesota few, Minnesota. Yeah. Well, I will quickly add. I have Memphis. Um, I agree everything that you said um i saw a graphic of like they're starting like six um and i'm like 
who's scoring the basketball in in this in this unit? I, I think they got finessed on Marcus Smart. That has two firsts for Robert Covington all over it. I think losing Tyus Jones is so key. Dude, He's the player hurts. that mm-hmm. he kept them afloat when Jaw was out. As much as I dog on Dylan Brooks, he was built for the Memphis Grizzlies, and they are going to miss his 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 offensive punch. Who's this? Who's, 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 who's small forward now? Um. Oh God. Uh, is it the dude from Stanford? It's Zaire Williams. Yeah. But they've also John Conchar, bro. They're oh. starting John Conchar. <laughs> like Stephen Adams is okay. I, I I don't think he's another playoff performer. I, I just I, don't I think he's a good him. regular season guy, but Jaron Jackson would play five if they made the playoffs. I, I think they've just missed out on like their iron was hot a couple of years ago, and I, I think they failed to strike. Um, well, didn't they get Laravia, Roddy? They haven't had a good draft in a few few years. I mean, well, to be fair, they were hitting it out of the park, you know, getting Desmond Bain at pick yeah, 30. Totally. Like, like but, that's uh, not sustainable. But, but when but, you lose John ja Morant for 20 plus games, th- when you strike out on Laravia, you strike out on Williams, you strike out on Roddy. And shout out to Roddy because his jump shot base in 2K is amazingly good for bigs. But like, I mean, Zaire was scoring to taking him, you know, yeah. actually getting the lottery pick. Yeah, he's a lot. Um, wasn't wasn't Murph there? Yes. They picked they picked him over Trey Murphy. Yep. Um, so I have them at nine. Number eight. Who do you have? Number eight, I have the the Thunder. Hey, same team. Okay, cool. So I, I think I think the Thunder have the potential to be very good but the thing that scares me the most is their lack of spacing like they still don't have a plethora of shooters and when everybody on their team does their best work driving and penetrating to the hoop having limited shooters just can be a very bad watch and a very bad efficiency on on the court offensively i think chet's going to be a very good rookie this year but obviously he's he's the third potential third guy on the rookie of the year rankings but i i still think that they have some they they have some team building to get some shooting and some defense to allow shea to allow giddy to really reach their potential so they're on the right track without a doubt but i think that it's another year before they take the jump to contender I love how you your reasons are very like basketball driven and they they make a ton of sense. Mine are like chemistry sucks. The vibes are. Are off. you a vibe guy? <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, I think that that's our that's I'm, how I'm, we I'm kind both. of that's kind of how we I'm, do our I'm thing. Both. <laughs> the reason I didn't put the Thunder up higher, and I thought about it because I thought, are they going to take the Memphis jump? Is this has been a franchise that hasn't played serious basketball since the bubble? Right. Mm-hmm. And even in the bubble, they they weren't supposed to play serious basketball. Chris, Chris Paul kind of brought them out of nowhere that year when they traded Russ and they traded PG and they were trying to rebuild. And all of a sudden they were they were pretty competitive. So it's a franchise that just hasn't played basketball that meant anything in, in quite a long time. Nobody on the roster, none of the young players have have done that. And so what happens when you get into March and you get into that that push for, for, for playoff seeding? Like, how are they going to respond? Because usually they're they're tanking, they're sitting guys, they're just, you know, developing. But when it gets to like, this is their first, you know, foray into, okay, we are hitting the home stretch. You want to be picking up your stride. Like, 
Chet, not healthy last year, has only played in in college. How is his body going to hold up for 82? Uh, same thing with, you know, both Jalen Williams is and, you know, Shea definitely finally played a full season and was rewarded with the first team all NBA honor. Um, and Lou Dortz played some meaningful minutes, but like, that's just my thing. It's a really young team are, I'm interested to see if they're going to rise to the occasion or if the pressure is going to, to get to them, because that's where you see teams like Miami last year, right? Even though they kind of cruised through the regular season, when the lights were brightest, they flipped the switch and, and were ready to go. They, they've been battle tested and they were prepared. OKC's young. Can they? My biggest thing with OKC is one, like a lot of these teams are talking about, a lot of mouths to feed. They're having to c- cut players that normally they wouldn't just because they've stockpiled so many assets. Who is going to be that second guy next to Shea? Right? Who is going to? Works? Yes, I think it works, but that Giddy is a. He needs he's like he a needs shooting shoot. guard guard version of Batum. Like, I don't think you're running plays for Giddy. Like, if so they're locking up Shea, Shea's the ooh. one and Giddy's the two that is like, like Lonzo. I think he's kind of like Lonzo without the defense. Yeah, it's like, who who is going to be that second 25-point-per-game score? Because we've seen in history, you need two primetime scores to get it done. So I think that's just what I'm going to be looking to see because anybody with the potential of that or are they gonna have to make a trade to get the 25 the secondary star i want to see some chet uh i I think he may be more of a defense guy to be honest um i think he's gonna have games where he puts up 25 for a year chet is what i Jalen williams santa clara Jalen williams really impressive last year i think he if i think if anyone would be him it's him but the beautiful thing about the Thunder is they have the assets to go out and they can just poach whoever they want. So the next young yeah. star that's on the market, they can pony up an offer and really their team will still be in contention. So bright future ahead. Do you think Jalen Williams has the potential to continue rising up or do you think he has yes. the limited potential? I kind of think that he's limited because of the fact who's above him in the pecking order. He also needs to be in the paint. He needs paint touches. You ain't getting them with Shea Gilgis and and Giddy above you in the pecking order, so I, I just think they need to make a big trade and get a like, get a legitimate spacer and get a legitimate second guy, and then they yeah. still would be very seven. good. Seven. So I have the Sacramento Kings. Um, I th- I think they're built pretty pretty sustainable, but it took a lot of. It it took. Malik Monk having some clutch games. It took a lot of these secondary and tertiary players to play well. And I'm kind of worried that Sabonis's lack of defense and De'Aaron Fox's injury history and the fact that he needs to have uh, paint touches might be a little bit of a sign of regression for him. They played one really good season with everything kind of going right with them. So maybe it's time for a little luck to go the other way. But um, yeah, I I think they're good. I just don't think that they're at the level of some of these other teams in the West. But if De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis can be the superstars that they can be, they could be higher. But I just don't know if they're as dynamic as the other teams with the the offense and defense. And I I think Keegan Murray probably takes a step back out of – I mean, he was the best three-point shooting rookie in ever. So I think there might be a little chance of regression from him as well. 
seven, I have the Golden State Warriors. Um, there's always going to be a team that people think is better that that falls down. I mean, the Lakers were a playing team last year, made it to the Western Conference Finals. Golden State was actually six last year, and they're going to start the season with Draymond Green on the, the sidelines. He's out four to six weeks, and they're just a completely different team without Draymond in 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 the, in the lineup. Uh, you, you have to wonder what Clay has left in the tank, what Steph has left in the tank. This is a team that's basically played another season just a postseason basketball with all of their deep playoff runs. I don't love the addition of Chris Paul, um, especially that he's kind of forcing his way into the starting lineup. I, I think that backcourt is going to get absolutely so small. That team is destroyed. The, the, I think they've just lost a lot of, I think they've lost a step defensively quite a bit. Um, Dante DiVincenzo was a huge loss as well. And their rookies I, I, really didn't develop as they wanted to. I mean, James Wiseman's a bust. Uh, well, I, they sent out Wiseman. Are they finally going to let Kuminga try and, and play? Moses Moody really hasn't taken that that step either. Well, Mo- Moses, that his second year was such a shitty defender that they couldn't play him. And thank goodness they had DiVincenzo. I really think their Polish rookie fits them like a glove. Podzimski. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, I, when has Steve Kerr ever played rookies, though? True. I mean, I just it's it's I, I get they had to trade Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. I get it. their two timelines thing didn't work. I mean, talk about a team that missed a potential dynasty. Um, the Warriors had chances in the 2020 and 2021 yeah. drafts and and missed. And um, yeah, I just think it's it's a the, the Paul Curry. They're smart. Are they going to be the 30th team in rebounds? They might. They might. Who do you have at number six? So we're fully out of play in territory right here. So this is tier one for me. I have the LA Clippers at six. I mean, you, you know the deal. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George are never going to stay healthy. So I kind of just put them in as like, 60% participants in the, the thing. If they actually played and played the entire year and were healthy, they'd obviously be higher on my list. But years and years of seeing that they can't play a full 70-game season just made me be like, all right, they're six online. They they absolutely have the talent. They have the coaching. They have all of it. But the greatest ability is availability. And Paul George, Kawhi Leonard just don't play enough games for me to feel safe putting them any higher for me personally. So they're at six and I totally acknowledge if we turned injuries off, they would be much, much higher. That's fair at six. The toughest team for me to place was the new Orleans Pelicans because of how well they played with a healthy Zion Williamson <clears throat> last year. And I think for Zion's sake, he needs to play this year and I think he will. And I think he will be good. Um, they, there's just a lot of talent, and then once they get they get Trey Murphy back to to space the floor, I, I love their wings with um, Herb. What's Herb Jones? You got you saw a bi like I think once they embrace the Zion at the five, like you got to get Jonas out there, and you just got to try and outscore folks. And I think you can do that if you've got a healthy Zion uh, locked in. Um, it's it's a team that I think this is it. Right. It, mm-hmm. If it doesn't work this year, then I think you're going to see massive changes um, 
particularly with with Ingram, McCollum, maybe maybe Zion. I don't know if they're willing to take that big of a risk because that is, you know, I mean, you talk about egg on the face. If you are the team that trades Zion and he goes out and gets to the potential elsewhere, yeah. I mean, you're just like, what the fuck did we just do? We had him. and But there's always that that cost the of injuries that the Pelicans have currently because Alvarado's hurt. Kyra Lewis is the linchpin. If he does well, they're going to do well. But Kyra Lewis has never been a good player in the league. Uh, he's super fast. He kind of has like a De'Aaron Fox style game. But I, Dyson Daniels and Kyra Lewis kind of have to shit or get off the pot. Dyson has a few more years of being. I mean, okay. Dyson's a, a, a second year player though, too. But he. He ha- he has to show something, but Kyra Lewis really has to show Kyra, something. Yes, yes. Because he's right. he's a, he's a negative asset. Uh, they tried to trade him. He's a negative asset around the league because he just gets hurt and is so underwhelming. But yeah, some either Kyra or Dyson has to show up and play real, authentically good minutes, or they're going to be where I thought they're going to be. You have a five. You know what's crazy? I forgot who Kyra. I forgot Kyra Lewis's name, so I googled Pelicans point guard. I was like, "Oh shit! I need to. I need to make this shit a lot more clear." Ky- Here, there you go, Kyra. There you are. Ugh. I gotta work on my search term game. So, what are we at five? Sorry, five. Okay. So I was looking at my Grammarly. Um. So I have the Dallas Mavericks at five. I do not know about that. I, I, I still think a team of Luca and Kyrie could get it done in the regular season and score just outscore everybody. Obviously, their bigs are a complete and utter disaster right now. But I think that in regular season ball, having the creation abilities of Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving could lead them to a bunch of regular season wins. Let me rephrase. Let me say according regular to, season. According to StatMuse, guess guess the record last year together, Luka and Kyrie. Regular it was season ass, wasn't it? Five and eleven. So that's that's a big jump to say that a lot of regular season but wins when they were even capable of doing that last. Is Jason year. Kidd just fucking? Wiping his ass the entire preseason. He's a horrible coach, yes, but he's better than Chauncey Billups. No, I mean they're both. I mean, Jason, Jason Kidd is probably the. They have Luka Doncic, a literal generational talent, and they're throwing him away. So I, I, I I just think that what they can do offensively, it's special, and there's not that many teams that can do what they do offensively, and. The bigs just have to be like legitimately not the worst ever for them. <laughs> well, yeah, like the in, the in their first game, Derek Lively picked up two fouls in like four minutes. I'm I, I, DFS isn't a thing right now, so I'm not watching dog shit teams play. So uh, once 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 DFS and real regular season starts, I'll I'll be complaining about Derek Lively touching the ball too much, but. I, I just, they have such good top tier talent. They have guards that I think are very good. It's just finding competent bigs to just play a role and rebound and set screens for their guards. 
So I think that they're going to be a very high variance, but very good regular season basketball team. Uh, at five, I have a team that is maybe not has higher uh, top tier talent, but they're actually a balanced basketball team. I have the Sacramento Kings Damn. at five. I think they take a little bit of a step back from the three seed last year. Wish they would have done more in the offseason. They had the 24th pick. They basically just gave it up to dump Rashawn Holmes's contract. And the, the, the scuttlebutt was maybe they were going to make a big offer for like a Draymond Green in free agency that never materialized and they kind of just decided to run it back without even adding a first round pick. They did bring in uh, Sasha uh, Venzenkov uh, from, from Europe, an older rookie um, did bring in JaVale McGee uh, did draft Colby Jones in the second round. So we will I really see. do like the trade Lyle signing for him. I like that. They brought Lyle's back. He was huge for them in the playoffs. Uh, I think De'Aaron Fox has another gear to get to. Um, he was phenomenal in, in that seven-game series against the Warriors. I don't fault them for losing that series. They pushed them to seven. I mean, you're talking about a first-time playoff team versus a battle-tested. Uh, Mike Brown coached his ass off for sure. Yeah, like that That was a that was the series of the playoffs for me. And this this is like how I project the teams to finish in the regular season. And Sacramento is a team. They're going to try and light that fucking beam every single night. Like they they are in it. They're going to play their guys. Um, I disagree a little bit. I think Keegan showed me a little bit more in summer league. I think he's going to become a little bit more of a threat than just the catch and shoot guy. Um, I remember that you said, what's the difference between Keegan Murray and Trey Lyles? And I said, there is no. Then, then Keegan showed it out in summer league and kind of proved me wrong. So but I, summer, I do, it's summer league, but that's what you want to see from young guys is you want to see them come in second year. Okay. I'm, I'm here for what, one game. What does he improve on? I, I, I gotta stop being absolute a hater to Keegan Murray, but what has he shown you that he's improved on? Showing he's more of just a three and D score. Like he can score the basketball. What? So you can just score different ways. Like I'm not going to give you a deep dive in it. Like I'm trying to get out of here in 20 minutes. So I can go to bed. I don't, I just don't see the, I, I think okay. I floor. Let's move on. Who do you have it for? I fucking guess. I hate Keegan Murray. I have the Warriors. Okay. Um, you know, you know me, dog, you know me. I love Chris Paul. I can't, I can't stop loving Chris Paul. Um, they're going to get cooked. Oh, they're going to get fucked up. They're going to get fucked up. Uh, it's going to be the ultimate random randomness play. If they're hitting threes, they're winning every game. If they're ever cold, they're losing badly. But I think that you have so many genius level players on that team that they're going to figure it out. But I do worry about their rebounding and their defense having such small, like it, it's CP Curry Clay. Andrew Wiggins and uh, Looney as their starting five right now, currently. So it's just like they're so small. Andrew Wiggins, if Andrew Wiggins plays the way he needs to play, though, he can make up for a lot of that those deficiencies because we've seen in playoffs he he grew a set of balls and played some big boy basketball when they won their chip. So if he can revert to that form of Andrew Wiggins. I think they can be fine. And then once they get into playoffs, they'll just start rolling. But I, I, I guess I do believe more so in the Warriors than you. But I just think you put so many high level basketball like you guys in in a room. They're going to they're going to make shit happen. 
four, I have the LA Clippers. Um, and this is even if they're playing Kawhi and PG every other night, one or the other, because I think you're get a full season of, of, of Westbrook. I think he is going to, this is kind of like his last hurrah as well. I just love how deep this team is. Mm. Like their centers are are low-key one of the best tandems in basketball with Zubac and yeah. Plumley. Um, this is Batum's last season, so you know he's gonna go out. Um Norm Powell is a sneaky bet for six man of the year. Oh, super super yeah. great basketball for them down the stretch. And then, you know, I guess I'm on my my last hurrah with with PG and Kawhi. And I, the reason I, I'm believing them a bit is because they both want those extensions mm-hmm. and they're not going to get it unless they play. And I, I think you're going to see more basketball from them. And it's more of like a now or never too. like if it, it's going to mm-hmm. happen, it's, it's going to happen. It's the ultimate shit or got off the pot. So I know I still like their team in the regular season. I, I do feel like they have something to prove and they're probably tired of you know, not getting home court or fighting for the play-in. And um, I, I still love Ty Lue. I think he's one of the best coaches. Yeah, in the, game. The, the coaching staff is elite. So healthy, healthy, healthy roster plus elite coaching. They could be, they could be fighting for the one if that's what they choose to do. They, 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 they're a real good team. Three. Who do you, I mean, we have the same three teams, but what order do you have them at? Lakers, Suns, Nuggets. Same. So we will just go. We so let's just for our listeners: three Lakers, two Suns, one Nuggets. Why and why not? Start with the Lakers. I, AD and LeBron are real, 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 real good. You also have to think like this. Talk about last hurrah. This feels like this could be like one of LeBron's last years. You know, playing for Bronny, uh, age. You know, he's he's gonna turn thirty nine, mm-hmm. like in December. You just you really don't know how much he has left in the tank. We're seeing longevity at this performance like we will never, ever, ever see ever again. So this is not the norm whatsoever. Do you you like their depth? I love the signing of Gabe Vincent. Like, I think he was a money player for the Heat. I can't believe Miami just let him go. I think you're going to see a lot of times when T'Angelo Russell's fucking up and they're going to say, Gabe, just, just hold it for us. Yeah, I love how they picked up Jared Vanderbilt on the low, especially if they put Anthony Davis at the five. Vando can guard a lot of players. They've they could be good, a real problem defensively. They've got good certain. positional size. Um, you know, I, I just I don't think they really lost too much. Like you, you replace Schroeder with Gabe Vincent and and I, Austin I just, Reeves might be might Austin, hit another gear. Austin Reeves is going to get a lot of looks as that third option. Um, they were scary. There's a reason they made the, the conference finals. Den- Jokic was just that good um, to to get the, the, the broom out. But there's a reason they are dangerous and nobody's going to want to play them. And I, I do think they are going to put a little bit more gas into the regular season because you don't want to have that uphill climb of one, making the play-in, which they almost lost to the Timberwolves, and two, always having to start on the road. Um, so I look for a, a big, big year for for the Lakers. Um, why the Suns, uh, number two? It's, a, it's an untraditional team rolling out Bradley Beal at the one. Um, obviously, they're going to have a new look with uh, Yusuf Nurkic and Nasir Little in the starting lineup. Um, no more Mikhail Bridges, no more Cam Johnson, no more Chris Paul, no more DeAndre Ayton. I um, mean, it's really Booker's the only player left 
from that 2021 finals run. I, I feel like Bill has always been a point guard. It, it, you know, like he's always been the highest usage rate guy for the Wizards. Last year, he took a step back from scoring to set up Kuz and uh, Chris Stapps. So he has shown the ability to be the one uh, on a team. Obviously, this is the most skilled roster that he has around him ever. So, but I think that he, the worry of him being not being a traditional one is kind of, he's shown and proved to me that he is a point guard. He just happens to be a little bit taller than the average one, but really he's not, he's six, three. So he really has shown the ability to be the point guard. He knows how to get his guys involved. He, I mean, Chris Stapps and Kuzma had the, some of their best seasons ever because he was setting them up. So I think you, the wizards kind of sheltered him because they knew this was the last year of Bradley Beal. So they didn't push him. Now he can fully be pushed and be on a team that's so talented that they can finally make, he can finally make some noise in the NBA. So I I think Bradley Beal is a really good addition. He has a really nice set of, of handles. He can get people involved. I actually like Yusuf Nurkic on this team where he can, he can do the dirty stuff. He can set screens. He can be involved in the team, you know, making decisions, like having guys like Beal, Booker, and KD to take open shots. That's pretty good for Yusuf. So I think that this is a very skilled team. And, uh, you know, as long as they stay healthy, I think they're the, the two in the, the West. Yeah, I also think that Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen are going to provide a lot of You know scoring. I wasn't going to mention him in a positive light. Scoring for them off of the bench, I think getting getting Grayson Allen was a sneaky addition Absolutely. to that trade um, sidebar. While that the Suns basically agreed to that trade without knowing who they were going to get. Joe Cronin had to keep the under wraps for the sake of the Milwaukee Bucks because they didn't want to know that Drew Holiday was on the market. So there was a lot of trust that was uh, given and granted and earned during those negotiations. My worries for the Suns, obviously health. Mm -hmm. Um, Kevin Durant has not been able to stay healthy over the past couple of seasons, especially since that Achilles in the, the, the playoff run finals run of 2019 with, with the Warriors, he's uh, getting up there in, in mileage, but more so than that, like, their front court, like if if they match up against a bigger team like the Lakers or the Nuggets, I, I worry how they're going to be able to play half court grinded out basketball where they're giving up so much size and, and length and, and rebounding down, down below. And then on the other side of the ball, regular season, they're not going to have a problem scoring. They're probably going to lead the league in scoring like they 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 can yeah. score with anybody. But when it comes to the half court offense, like this is where I worry a bit about Beal as a point guard because they're going to need somebody who can get them into an offense. It can't just be Kevin go go post up seventeen feet from the basket and just do your thing every time down the floor. Like, how are they going to get looks for Booker off of curls? How is Beal going to know when to call his own number? So, can it work? Yes, it's untraditional. Um, I ultimately don't think it will work in a championship, but it will be interesting to see. Obviously, it was a low barrier of entry to get Bradley Beal, right? They traded Chris Paul and got Bradley Beal because he had a no trade clause. They didn't have to give up much. So it was worth the risk for Phoenix. But you have to wonder if they if they if they missed their their shot uh, a couple of years ago. And that leads us 
to the reigning I, NBA. I think Beal is, is going to be better than CJ McCollum as a playmaker. But I, I, I don't I don't trust CJ as a championship level playmaker either. So I'm yeah, I think Bradley Beal will do just fine. But number one is the Nuggets. Um and I'm not honestly sold on this as my number one. I I if somebody had them at three or four, I, I wouldn't bat an eye. Um I don't like that they lost Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. Um mm-hmm. I think they're they're kind of going that 2019-2020 Blazers route where they're like yeah, Anthony Simons is totally going to replace Seth Curry, and we got Zach Collins. He's going to, you know, nurks out for half the year, but we got Zach Collins, and they're kind of just doing like, yeah, we got Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, and they're going to be just fine. And if they didn't have the greatest living basketball player on the planet right now in Nikola Jokic, they would be taking a few steps back. But this this, this ranking is solely based upon the Joker for me. Jamal Murray pick and roll with Jokic is yeah, yeah. Jamal Murray is going to be an all-star this year. Jamal Murray's great, but like if, if Joker they lose was, out on a lot of depth. Yeah. And I also think Aaron Gordon is primed for a big year. Um, oh, he plays beautiful basketball with, with uh, Nicola. KCP is the, 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 the garbage man out there. Michael Porter Jr. I think it could be the X factor. Is, is he going to be the player that a lot of us, thought he was going to be and showed flashes up or is he going to kind of i mean the crazy thing about denver is they won the chip with him playing subpar basketball totally. but again that goes back to nicole Jokic playing unreal like top 10 player all time mm-hmm. category basketball like he keeps this up he's going to be on your your favorite top 10 list and whether you love him or hate him he's going to deserve that because he's he's, he's that good mm-hmm. and he single-handedly like the Lakers had more depth and they were, he just destroyed that, Anthony that, Davis. Yeah, he's that he good. Destroyed, he destroyed the best individual post defender of our generation. Like he's that talented. Like that's, that's why I have them number one. I also have them number one because they know they need home court more than any team in the league that altitude matters. Mm. They, they want it. They need it. It works. They're going to go for it. And, He's just, he, I went from a really like not liking Jokic and that was, you know, obviously during our playoff battle with him, but like now he's like one of my favorite players to watch. Um, beautiful, beautiful basketball. Uh, it's crazy how good he has gotten. Like he is every year. He's just gotten better. All facets of the game. So what's your matchup? Eastern conference, Western conference finals. I think East it's easy. It's going to be Milwaukee and Boston. Um, I'm sure you have those two teams as yep. well. Who do you have coming out of the East, though? Because it's 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 a it's a kind of a strength versus strength, right? You know, Dame and Drew. You've got Dame, who's maybe one of the best point guards ever, but you've got kind of his kryptonite in Drew Holiday, and you've got some size for Milwaukee versus the wings and athleticism of of Boston. Um, I'm who, going who Boston. You, yeah, I'm going Boston. I just, I just think their coaching is. M- is better, and I know Terry Stotts is on the the Bucks now, but the level of coaching talent on the Celtics being able to scheme up ways to stop everybody else and the the athletes to do so, I'm going the the Celtics uh, in the East just because of the the coaching and the the talent that they have. I'm gonna go Milwaukee. 
I, I just like the two man game of of Damon Giannis. Giannis is something oh. that that Boston, especially without Rob Williams, um, just has. And they also, I know they got a similar player in Drew Holiday, but Marcus Smart was their heart and soul. Mm-hmm. Who's going to step up and assume that responsibility? Um, Chris Middleton, I think, can finally breathe a sigh of relief. He doesn't have to be Robin. He can be Robin Jr. Like he can be the third guy finally for like, the first he, time. That's pushing it, calling him, you know, Robin. Like it worked in 2021, but that's because of Giannis was was so good in his role as as Batman. But you've got like maybe one of the best pairings that that we have seen. But uh, life is going to be so easy for for Dame, and he's got a nice floor spacer in Brooke Lopez. Um, Bobby Fortis is a pretty elite. Six Bobby Fortis is a is a is a is a beast. Like yeah, I like Milwaukee coming out of the East. What's your Western Conference Finals matchup? I have, I, I guess I have a chalk. I'm a chalk donkey today. I have Denver versus the Suns, so I'm just eating that yummy, yummy chalk of one two, one v two, one v two. Uh, I have Denver and the Lakers. Um, I, I Phoenix, totally get that one. I think Phoenix will have a better regular season record, but push comes to shove. I just don't know who's defending Anthony Davis. Like Yusuf Nurkic has shown in the past. He gets cooked by, by elite post players, Jokic, AD, anybody um, who is is good down low, they're going to have a problem with. And I think they have a little bit more depth, a well-rounded depth. Um, it grosses me out to say. Um, so who, who do you have? De- you have Denver and Phoenix. Who do you have coming out of the West? Denver, Boston. And then Denver wins again. Denver, Boston. Denver wins again. Um Yeah, I, I have Denver beating the Lakers. I, I don't think Bruce Brown is enough to erase a sweep. I think it's a much probably closer series, but they still have no answer for, for Nicola. And I think whereas LeBron maybe starts to take steps down, you've got Jamal Murray and Eric and Gordon who are taking steps yeah, they're, up. Yeah, they're rising. So you have Denver and Boston. I have Denver and Milwaukee. Who's your finals winner? Oh, Denver wins. You said Denver wins. That's right. Um, whew, this is. I haven't even thought about this until until right now. I mean, you've got Damon Murray, Giannis, and Jokic, Middleton, Aaron Gordon. Oof. It's gonna be it's gonna be mag- majestic the last few weeks of the NBA season. Yeah, you know what? I'll just go Milwaukee to be different. I. It's a coin toss. It is a coin toss. I think it's a seven game series. Um, Dame is still Dame. Like I, we've seen Dame be good with like no, nobody around him. Like it's going to be kind of wild. I think everybody in the NBA is going to be like, "Oh, this Dame guy's really good." And it's like, well, yeah, he's, he's finally not being the the main target on every defensive scouting report, and I just don't know how Denver is going to defend. Like I know they have to. I know Milwaukee has to defend Jokic. I just think they have better options to defend Jokic than Denver does to defend Dame totally Middleton. Agree. Yeah, totally agree. And, uh, and and Giannis. So yeah, I have Milwaukee and uh, would be would be stoked to to see that series. But again, I could see four or five teams winning it. I think Phoenix has a chance. I think the Lakers have have a chance. Boston, uh, obviously, I picked Milwaukee, Denver. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be a fun season. Seems like there's going to be much more of an onus of 
less load management, more playing games, which I've always been a proponent of. If you need to rest, take time off and practice, not away from game action where, you know, people are excited to tune in and, you know, pay real life dollars to see players play. So if you're able to play, let's get it. All right. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere where you get your podcast. We are there, Spotify included. So uh, we are also available on short form content, TikTok, Instagram, all of that good stuff. Thank you to everybody for listening. We are out of here. It is getting late. Papa Dustin has to go to bed and I have to pee. Peace. <laughs> Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's